0: The Bones and Bobbins podcast is now on Patreon. Would you like access to bonus episodes, digital extras, and exclusive merch and more? Join us in the Curiosity Shop at patreon.com backslash and Bobbins.
1: Your generous support helps make the show happen and will also earn you our very eternal gratitude and mm-hmm. entry into our private Patreon-only Facebook group. Extra
0: which is where fun happens. It's
1: it's true. We uh we post there quite a bit. <laughs> we do.
0: And take polls, like which really trashy paranormal show should we watch together?
1: Oh yeah. I did not actually look at the results of that poll. Um <laughs> Yes, oh so if you wanna watch a, a deeply trashy paranormal show with us yes. uh you should probably join the Patreon Indeed. because we're gonna do that we and are. it'll be fun. In a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street, you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep. Next to rusty old needles and faded red thread, you'll come in for yarn, but leave with pigments instead. Whether poisons or patterns, we're always discreet, where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Hello, Morbid Makers. We are your slightly creepy, mildly disconcerting,
0: somewhat sinister, Delightfully discomposed. Opaquely odd. Merrily morbid. Marvelously misanthropic hosts. And this is Bones and Bobbins Season 2, Episode 8, If These graves Could Talk.
1: I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Very Serious Crafts Podcast.
0: And I'm Natalie from Uber Dark Designs, an official true crime creative. I really need to change that in the script, don't I? It's fine. We were officially murderino makers. We just switched over to true crime creative. That is fair. You it, would
1: think, though, that by now I would have changed it.
0: And yet. And I could roll with it. So I say it's okay.
1: <laughs> I think I say that literally every episode. So I guess we're just going to carry on. Um, Indeed.
0: So how are you? Oof. I'm good and mostly good. I'm like mm, 85 to 90% good. Okay. I like those odds. A thousand percent exhausted. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I imagine that you are. I uh, am also extremely, extremely tired, but for uh, autism reasons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, mine is just moving. Moving reasons. Yes, but your new place is so good. It is. It's, it really is. But I'm happy with it. The cats are happy.
1: I mean, you and the cats and the teenagers yes. all being happy? Yes. Like, I don't know. Maybe you should knock on something. Right, knock it on. Uh, burn on, a little something, <laughs> some incense, get some, uh, I don't I, a candle.
0: <laughs> we have it all. We have it all mm. ready to go. We packed all of the arsenal of cleansing and salting and all of the goodness uh out where we could get it. That was like the essential stuff right away.
1: Uh yeah. That that is very essential. On a move. Yeah. Yes. Um, but
0: it's very bright and sunny and surrounded by you know, eighty six hundred acres of nature preserve (laughs) hot damn yeah uh and adorable windows with giant sills that both of the cats have discovered and lounged out now they're just laying on my bed making out so that's great just rooming each other and, and lounging and happy and content and that's pretty much all all i can hope for happy kids happy cats just need to finish the actual move process
1: did you hear my cat just yowling?
0: <laughs> oh, also, fiber optic better internet here, which is so weird because this is a smaller town. Oh, than yeah, our you are very
1: well lit and also very not pixelated. <laughs> right, it's <laughs> yeah. so weird, um, but wonderful. That's, that's great. Yeah. I approve. I mean, laying cable is a weird weird thing like there are places in new york city that you can't get certain things because mm, i mean i do know it is literally laying cable but yeah
0: and it's it's uh it's part of like a we're now part of a co-op it's like a communications co-op everything's a co-op around here uh so that's cool i'm down for that so yeah That's uh between moving and cranking out close to a hundred pairs of these really amazing earrings, my friend is uh participating in the Minneapolis uh fashion week. And so I'm helping construct a de- creating a design she came up with out of wire. So That's cool. That's and fair. also ouch. Yeah. But good. Like I just uh it's, it's really funny because I had a talk recently with somebody about how I forget, not so much forget, I, I sometimes wonder, I am a maker, I am a crafter, but I'm also right. an artist. Like, I I forget that I am all three things and that I can be all three things. Right. Uh, that I don't have to be just one. Um or label myself as such. Like I forget exactly. the, the art. Sometimes I just completely forget the artisticness. But they all kind of are symbiotic in a lot of ways. Like you mm-hmm. can't just, you know, you can't have one without some parts of the other. You need to have, you know, bits and pieces. So, but I forget sometimes my more fine art training or stuff like that. So it's kind of nice to to tap into that extra part.
1: Oh, I like that. Except for the how much my hand sympathy hurt for yeah, wire. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's only 24 gauge, so it's not too bad. Okay. Um, and even but when still. I, yeah. Like, I've ow. worked with thicker wire before, but usually just in, uh, in creating internal structures for, like, you know. Yeah. Stuff that I crocheted over, created over the top of, so. No, um, that makes sense. But they look really cool in, uh. My youngest was like, "These actually look pretty cool," and I was like, "All right, my 15 year old thinks they're cool." So, I think there you've I won, right? And calling it a win, I,
1: I don't think there's anything else you could call it,
0: right? <laughs> Plus, it's just really cool to be like, "I had something walk at Fashion Week." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> add it to my like little resume of the things that you know. Things you get to whip out when they, all that stuff goes across like Facebook where they're like, you know, name three things about you that nobody else knows or name something that nobody else you think has or whatever. Oh, yes. I, I have a bunch
1: of weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, uh, that is a thing. Well, I am now officially fully vaccinated. Yay! It has been more than two weeks since my second shot. That's And so yesterday, I went out for kind of a surprise beer. Um, And this was the first time in a year that I've, A, had a beer, I think, (laughs) and um, B, left my apartment to go to an outdoor place where someone like a a restaurant where someone was serving me I mean it happens to be the bar that I live above but um you know it counts it does count yeah so I uh I got a beer with a friend who was only going to be in town for about 24 hours and so there wasn't there wasn't too much uh anxiety thinking about it because it was yeah because I didn't have time necessarily um, but because of that I have some neurological burnout at the moment yeah and so it's entirely possible that I will lose some words. I lost the word vertigo earlier um, so we'll we'll see if uh, if I can find them. <laughs> if not I got you back girl. sweet. <laughs> Yeah, just fair warning um, to, to both listeners and you that I just might completely space on something really obvious, and I look forward to laughing with you about it.
0: <laughs> I may do the same thing, but that's just it's for different reasons.
1: <laughs> Good. Oh, then, if I don't think that we'll probably space on the same thing at the same time. Probably not. So I think we've got enough overlap. We I think we're covered.
0: We seem to be pretty yin and yang in a lot of stuff. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's good. I'm excited. Anything else exciting going on? Uh, that you can speak about.
1: I the look on your face. <laughs> you are like, top secret projects. Uh, yeah, I I have a a couple of new projects that are starting up for the summer, and I will tell you guys about them not now. Not now. Yep. Soon. Yay. But not now. But I'm very excited. And one of them makes me want to jump up and down and do like backflips and cartwheels and shit. Which I can do, by the way, because yeah. I was a gymnast for many, many years.
0: All of that makes me happy. <laughs> 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 do you know what else uh, yes. makes me happy? What? Our fantastic Curiosity Shop members. <gasps> yes. And I think now's a good time to take a quick little break and thank all of them. Uh, they are over on Patreon, and they're amazing, and yes. I'd also like us to give a totally normal and not at all creepy welcome to our newest member, Dana Phillips.
1: Hi, Dana. Welcome, my dear. So, I can only think of Ghostbusters. I'm so Sorry. <laughs> I am
0: sure that she has heard that many a time. That is why
1: I'm so sorry. (laughs)
0: 1984
1: has come for me. There's nothing I can do about it. Wasn't it 1984? That sounds right. I think so. It sounds right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I love that movie. Yes.
0: I love the movie and I love our Curiosity Shop members. It's true
1: because you're the best Curiosity Shop members. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods with you. Maybe in the woods behind
0: Natalie's new place. Absolutely.
1: There's trails. There's, like, rivers. I feel like there's bound to be at least... I was going to say a grave, and then I (sighs) realized that, um let's not discuss body dumps this <laughs> early in the episode oh yes oh yes. yeah
0: but if there were we would we would go we would still go
1: it's true and we would call the police indeed and not touch anything
0: right no never disturb the crime scene no and mm-hmm. also don't don't fuck with the fay.
1: both of those things very important to know about in the woods indeed
0: Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, speaking of <laughs> literal graves, yes. um, do you want to go first since you are sort of bringing up the, the history? Sure. Uh,
0: absolutely. Yay. And I will find my notes. Oh, will you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the, uh, Find My Notes song. Yes, that is
0: the let's see how long I can stall. (laughs) Shit, 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 on the wrong page. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's part of our greatest hits album coming out later this fall. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So today I'm going to talk about some headstone symbology.
1: Woo hoo hoo, I'm so excited for this one.
0: Uh, before we're going to jump into it, we're going to dip just like our tiny toe into headstone history. Okay, uh, pinky toes only. Pinky toes. Um, unless you don't have a pinky toe, any other toe of your choice is perfectly acceptable. Um, yeah, or any appendage. Any appendage, just as a tiny bit. Yep. Um So I got to say, when I was researching it, like, if you just type in, like, headstone symbology, the first few pages of results is just saturated by funeral companies. Oh, my gosh. I know. Which I have some feelings about, but I'm going to keep that in check. Because. I mean, I think it makes sense if they're
1: connected to a cemetery. It does, but it's
0: all. I don't
1: know. Oh, it's it's very it's yeah, commercially. It uh, is in my research. I also ended up on at least one definitely funeral industry run site.
0: Oh, I'm sure. But uh, so I tried. It
1: really, was useful.
0: I tried really hard to keep my research mostly academia and genealogy mm-hmm. related because another side of it was genealogy, which is amazing. There's um. Oh, that's cool. There's a lot of a wealth of information in cemeteries period Um, yeah and genealogies of stories yes lots of stories so some of the oldest known stone grave markers date back to between 3000 and 4000 BC and yeah these markers are known as dolmens or chamber tombs and they're Mm -hmm. kind of a they're a megalithic monument Uh, They were roughly hewn stones used to mark boundaries in religious or funerary capacities. So unlike our modern gravestones, the dolmen is not really a single stone to mark a grave. It's kind of a whole burial chamber made up of one large stone that supported a top of two or more upright stones to form kind of like a tomb. Cool. Um, So the earliest gravestones like the dolmen were literally just like graves made of stone Or stones that it were intended to cover whole graves, and that makes sense. These coverings uh, serve to mark the grave as well as to keep the grave's occupants um, in the ground, because you know bodies (laughs) bodies bodies decomposing kind of exude things. Nature takes its course. You just kind of keep them down Um, (laughs) over time, though. (laughs) <laughs> just imagining bodies floating right, up like hot air balloons. Right, just tripping on off uh, oh, on dear. their own little we'll gas. Uh, over time, though, uh, the words... I bet that's flammable. Oh, for sure. The amount of uh, methane in there. Just... Yeah, oh. Ooh. I
1: wonder how it is that there aren't more explosions...
0: Right? Six in feet.
1: and around... I'm sure there's an answer.
0: Somebody knows. Yep. Okay. Anyway,
1: (laughs) that is not the point.
0: (laughs) Over time, though, uh, the words gravestone and headstone have kind of just become interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, we don't cover an entire grave with a stone typically, but we simply mark the head of it with a stone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marking the places where our dead are buried seems to be a human instinct that's pretty much older than recorded history. That makes sense. Styles of gravestones can be traced to different origins, and it's a dive that I started and will finish it at a future point, but again, pulled back because I wanted to stay on track. Um That's fair. And there's just the history of barrels, and there's different, you know, there's so many different I think we mentioned it before when we covered uh various other things uh that <laughs> different religions have different uh, ways of uh, disposing of the dead. Um, so that's a whole nother, a whole nother section, too. But uh, the common upright headstone itself most likely originated in the European and American colonial churchyard burial grounds. And has evolved to resemble what we have today with the details of the deceased life engraved on the stone. Okay. Another common graveyard site, the obelisk style gravestone, first appeared in my beloved ancient Egypt. Well. Because we steal everything from the ancient Egypts because they were so cool. Um, Fact. so In the Americas, early gravestones were not always stone. Uh, frequently, they were merely like wood markers with a few words about the deceased and no symbols. And then came the Puritans. Oh,
1: the Puritans, that's a party. Yeah,
0: super party. Uh, Uh (laughs) So their viewpoint of iconography pretty much forbids any kind of symbolism.
1: They like bonfires a lot. Yeah, I know.
0: Super boring to the point markers. That was inappropriate. (laughs) Fine. We are inappropriate. (laughs) Okay. I'm going
1: to stop interrupting you now.
0: Fine, it's fine. Uh, so, following the Great Awakening, which was a significant religious revolution in the colonies, the Puritans' grim view of death began to soften. Gravestones, which were now often real stone, became appearing with pleasant and reassuring imagery.
1: The Great Finally, Awakening just sounds like a group orgasm to me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know what it is, but... Right. The Puritans' it just, lead- Puritans needed a giant orchestra. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that would have helped,
0: right? Seriously, just untie the bonnets just a little bit. Let some air in. Um. So finally, the Victorian era brought about a new look on gravestones because if anybody knows how to party with death, it's the Victorians. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And people began spending large sums on decorative and elaborate markers. So again, like everything, it's, you know, it's sad and problematic because, you know, money speaks and some people can afford that. And it's just disgusting. Anyway, in addition to the different and varied histories and types of grave markers, not to mention the different types of burial grounds and cemeteries, because there are different, totally different cemeteries. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like seven different kinds. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. also many different ways to continue to honor the graves of those that we lost. Uh that's like a whole nother deep dive. Maybe in the future, the symbolism of the objects that are placed on graves, from stones to coins and like so much more. Yeah, on and in. Right? Mm-hmm. So now we're just gonna we're just going to stick to the gravestone. So what information are you likely to find? from a gravestone um and as i mentioned genealogy sites this is the thing you know you're walking through a graveyard and if you look those stones tell stories Um, yes typically you'll find a name a birth date and a death date sometimes now you'll also see symbols and quotes and nowadays you can actually get them adorned with like nearly photographic images um well they
1: did have photographs in them sometimes
0: Right. Like real ones. Right. Uh, So the name section, pretty self-explanatory. There are times, however, uh, specifically with fallen soldiers and freshly born infants where they won't have a name, uh, but are identified with a number, like infant number 12 or, you know. Right. It's it's just they don't have that information. Now, again, there are groups of people that are trying to actually find further information on those graves um to tell there was a
1: lot of stillbirth and stuff. I mean
0: right. I don't know. Uh dates may seem just as simple. Uh you may however rare though come across a stone that has been double dated. Uh, And according to Understanding Cemetery Symbols, a field guide for historic graveyards by Twee Snyder, Mm -hmm. uh, it all started in 1582 when Pope Gregor the the 13th, I believe, decided to make the year start in January rather than in March as it previously had. Basically, what all that means Uh is that there is a shift in calendars and how they were used, and that resulted in some funky confusion and need-to-double-date things. They didn't like Ostara. Oh, right. So if you happen to see OS, as in the case with Thomas Jefferson Stone, it stands for old style, as he huh. kept his original birthday. Calendars Oh, ca-
1: so this calendar. is why you can pick the Gregorian calendar.
0: Yep. Uh, so calendars can also lead to a bit of confusion when dealing with Hebrew cemeteries as well, mm-hmm. as they do have a different calendar system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I'm going to focus on today, though, is what the actual stones, um, say specifically in terms of what our favorite mortician, Caitlin Doty refers to as gravestone emojis. Love her. Love. So the list of symbols, um, and their meanings, like everything, uh, have varied through culture and time. And as, again, most things death-related, you know, I'm going to focus on the Victorian ones because they mm-hmm. kind of originated it. and They were good at it. They were really, yeah, they were really good at it. Now, this list, nowhere near exhaustive of all the symbols used. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't include icons related to most clubs and organizations. And much like everything in history... It is open to interpretation. Sometimes the meanings have changed or they are different based on culture, background, a million things. Yeah. But I'm gonna try to go through this alphabetical style and we're gonna stop at the, or start at the top mm-hmm. with A for anchor. So anchors sometimes appear on the graves of sailors surprisingly this is the exception and not the rule hmm. in a seaside community an upside down anchor and a headstone may signify that their deceased was um lost their life at sea
1: mm-hmm. more
0: frequently however the anchor is a christian symbol representing faith scent and strong foundation
1: like the, fish. the anchor of life oh gosh <laughs> anchor point camp was the my childhood jesus camp just oh for my for the there's record,
0: a, there's a <laughs> lot of jesus in these symbols yeah uh the anchor was a secret symbol for persecuted christians hmm. in fact the anchor cross was created during the time of the roman persecution when an anchor is held by a female it's your clue that is she is hope one of the seven virtues hmm angels Angels on a gravestone represent guardianship of someone's soul and protection on their journey to a Christian view of heaven. Weeping angels can convey the sorrow of an untimely death or just scare the shit out of any Doctor Who fan. Do not blame. <laughs> Don't arrows. In America, arrows are most commonly seen on graves from the 17th and 18th century in New England. They will often be brandished by crudely engraved imps and may be shown stabbing a skull.
1: If, don't fuck with the fae.
0: Don't fuck with the fae. Uh, if the arrows accompany a saintly figure, it refers to Saint Sebastian, while three arrows joined together is a symbol for brotherly love and respect. Hmm. Books. When books are depicted on a headstone, um, I just lost the place. Okay, books. <laughs> <laughs> what books are just depicted Wait. on headstones?
1: St. <laughs> Sebastian is the um, the patron saint of loss and lost causes. Is that right?
0: I am a lost cause, so that makes sense. Because
1: I think that's the, the medals that you bury when you've lost something and want it to return.
0: I'm going to take your word on that because I failed on CCD. It sounds good. I have
1: no, I, I am
0: not Catholic. That's okay. Look, I, I'm a recovering Catholic. I got kicked out so many times. Um, but I'm sure we'll get an email. Um, and we will probably. appreciate it, learn from it, and grow from it. Yes, um, thanks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I should probably
0: have just kept my mouth shut. It's fine. <laughs> when books are depicted on a headstone, they can mean several different things. Often the book is labeled Bible, so there's no need to guess which book it refers to uh but there are some other possibilities to consider when you see a book a closed book may mean a long life lived to the last page it hmm. may also signify that the deceased was a minister nun or even a teacher if you see two or three books in a stack it may mean the deceased was a mormon Open oh <laughs> yeah all you right know, mul- multiple books i guess Open book. In this case, the person's life was cut short before they reached the last page. Open book with draped cloth. The cloth represents the veil of death cutting a life short before the final page of the deceased person's life was written.
1: That's fucking dramatic.
0: Right. (laughs) And I'm like, hmm, we talk about our lives being an open book, but that's like not nearly the same. Mm. Uh, But if it's an open (laughs) book with writing on it, that symbolizes the book of life huh book with a crown means the kingdom of heaven and the bible two or three books if it's two it's most likely the bible and the book of mormon if it's three it's the bible the book of mormon and the doctrine and covenants right broken things (laughs) broken things (laughs) just it broken things like me (laughs) (laughs) same girl Mm-hmm. Uh, broken things symbolize a life cut short so a rosebed bed bed huh. bud. I'm so tired oh. a rosebud with a broken stem resembles uh, a girl who died before blossoming into womanhood um yeah I've a- seen
1: one of those they're very sad
0: that is sad a broken link in a chain represents a death in the family And many tree stumps are also used uh, like actual, like Mm -hmm. the stone is shaped like a tree stump. And again, a life cut short. Candles. People are big on the candles. Candles may be used to symbolize human mortality, a symbol of light, uh, a symbol of the spirit of the soul. And for Christians, of Jesus, the light of the world. They often represent the divine life of Christ and... To symbolize how religious faith can provide your soul with a light, even through the darkest of times. They I bro- feel like that's
1: a lot of meaning to put on a candle.
0: Right. Um, also, there's a broken candle. And again, that uh, <laughs> falls under broken things in a life cut that ended too soon. Who mm-hmm. puts a broken candle? I I can't uh, even picture that. Right.
1: It like just, what a taper candle snapped in half
0: right candle being snuffed symbolic of a life cut short again like i don't
1: that i, I can picture because i, I have a victorian it. candelabra with a snuffer
0: <laughs> right but it's again it's like or no georgian sorry that's but yeah she made me th- that's what made you think of me was a broken can- all right all right next up cherubs
1: candle in the wind oh <laughs> no <laughs> I've dragged <laughs> Princess Diana into this. <sighs>
0: all right. I'm so all right. sorry. R.I.P. Diana. Mm. Cherubs. Cherubs traditionally marked the grave of a child, guarding their soul on its journey to heaven. Mm. Those make me cry.
1: Me Chubby too. babies
0: and even toddlers with wings were also used to represent innocence. Mm. Tiny baby coffins and tiny baby headstones just got me like nothing else.
1: Oh, they—they hurt. They They should should not be a thing.
0: They shouldn't be a thing. Like it—it should not be a thing. It should be impossible. Circles. Yes. Circles represent hope of eternal life. They are sometimes depicted in the form of a snake swallowing its own tail, or as a (laughs) wheel. A broken wheel. Guess what? Symbolizes the end of someone's life on Earth. (gasps) Again. Just wondering who looks at somebody and goes. I miss you so much. I'm putting a broken wheel on your headstand. That's a broken wheel right there. Right? I don't know, man. Maybe someone from Detroit. (laughs) Crosses Crosses are pretty self-explanatory. Basically, the symbol of faith and a hope of resurrection to eternal life in heaven. There are just as many different crosses as there are different freaking flowers. So... I'm not going into what each one's means, but you know, there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's Celtic crosses, Christian, cro- all the, cro- all the crosses, all the crosses, just heaven. Every cross. Yes. Yep. Dove. The dove represents love, peace, and the freedom of someone's spirit. It is also a Christian symbol of the Holy Spirit and hope of resurrection and eternal life. Flaming torch. Flames <laughs> represent eternal life. Or life. An upside down torch symbolizes light that cannot be extinguished.
1: Or burning the witch? I...
0: <laughs> yes, hide your witch I can it. say
1: that because I am one.
0: Yes. Flowers. Now if you <laughs> if you listen to our episode on the language of flowers, you uh-huh. know this shake gets tricky and lengthy. Uh-huh. And The aforementioned book that I read goes down that route. Oh, dear. Uh, I am not going to dive into every type of flower and their meaning. No, we
1: did much of that. We did a sampling of
0: that. We did a big sampling. (laughs) Uh, But instead of that, I'm just going to touch on the state of the flower. So if if it is a bud, it indicates a young child. Hmm. A broken bud symbolizes the fragility of youth and is often seen on a young child's grave. Oh. A drooping stem, a wilted flower drooping stem is another reference to a young life cut short. A severed stem, uh, it, guess what? It's broken, so it indicates that the life was cut short. A, There's fle- a police helicopter behind
1: me that is really loud, I'm sorry.
0: That's fine, they're coming to get you. <laughs>
1: No, they're watching protesters go across the Brooklyn Bridge. Ah, gotcha. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. That That's was. Right. That was me not being able to handle more than one input. That's
0: fine. That's <laughs> right. fine. I'm good. Okay, good. Fully blossom flower. The person died in the full bloom of their adulthood, perhaps their early 20s. That sucks. <laughs> it does suck. Um. But also I just thought that perhaps they're full bloom of their adulthood, perhaps early twenties. So I guess I'm beyond the full bloom of my Oh god. Am I wilting? <laughs> it's fine. We are still flowers in our own. right.
1: Oh, dang. What a world. What a world. What a world.
0: Hands. Ugh, oh, hands. Uh so clasp hands, there's lots of different hands. So we're, we're we're going to go through a lot of them here. Clasp hands are a symbol of parting from a loved one who has died. They are also a promise of a reunion when the bereaved person goes to heaven. Hand of God. When you see a hand reaching out of the clouds, you're looking at the hand of God reaching down from heaven. Huh. Hand with a heart in the palm. A hand with a heart in the palm symbolizes charity and generosity. It is also often associated with the international order of oddfellows. Hand pointing up. When you see a hand pointing up, it means the deceased has gone to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty bold (laughs) presumption. Hand pointing down. Now, since a hand pointing up means... Why would you even do that? (laughs) (laughs) Just let it be. (laughs) You might think that since a hand pointing up means a person is on their way to heaven, that you get a little worried that when you see a hand pointing straight down... While this does not imply that the person is going to hell, it often boring. indicated that the person died abruptly and unexpectedly, such as a woman in childbirth oh. or as a result of some kind of accident.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Which, but again, like, I...
1: that hmm. They're so dramatic sometimes. And they then are. when they really have the opportunity, they're like, nah.
0: Yeah, right? Handshakes. You wouldn't think it. But handshakes get tricky. Huh. When you see a handshake on a grave marker, first of all, you need to try to figure out the gender of those depicted. If it's two males, the handshake likely stands for fraternal brotherhood. But That was back then. That all changes now. Like, And it's a hand. How is it gendered? I mean, it just, it's silly. Yeah. Handshakes can simply stand for God or other loved ones welcoming the new soul to heaven. Handshakes often depict the limp fingers of the deceased firmly gripped by a relative angelic being or perhaps even God himself. What? If, <laughs> if the gender shown is obviously male and female, it is most likely a marital hand meant to show that the deceased was married. When one finger is extended. <laughs> it means that the deceased was a member of the Freemasons if a husband and wife are buried together and both were Masons technically she wouldn't be an actual Mason she would be an Order of the Eastern Star because you can't be female and be a Mason but I digress then you will see a double Masonic handshake that is meant to resemble the compass and square Masonic emblem interesting yes um, hearts. The heart is an easily recognized and commonly used symbol for love and devotion. Like hands, however, there are some variations that mean specific things. Bleeding heart. When you see a heart that appears to be bleeding, it symbolizes the suffering and torment of grief. Flaming heart. On
1: a- someone's headstone?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I-
1: Isn't that supposed to be about the dead person? Yeah, I would think. I would
0: hmm. think. All right. Mm. I don't, I, yeah. I, Catholics are weird. Uh, flaming <laughs> <laughs> I like, can say that because I'm a former one. Uh, flaming Heart. A flaming heart is a s- s- symbolic of a human soul burning with a religious zeal. Cool. <laughs> Maybe they were just hot. like, <sighs> Or had hot. a clotter ring? Right heart held in hands when you see a heart gently cradled in a pair of hands it stands for love and piety heart covered oh. with ivy love combining <laughs> with enduring friendship and faithfulness Two hearts, that's
1: specific right
0: <laughs> two hearts joined together is common symbol for uh two hearts joined together by marriage heart with thorns Catholic graves sometimes feature a heart surrounded by thorns topped with a cross. Called the Sacred Heart, this image is meant to remind the devout how Jesus died for their sin. If they're dead, why are you trying to remind them of something? Like, they're either there or they're not. I think they know. Right. Uh, I mean, I to... guess the headstone
1: isn't actually for the dead person. It is for the people who might that visit is said right.
0: grave. That is true. A uh, heart pierced by a sword uh, is another joyous Catholic symbol. Ooh. Which is known as the Immaculate Heart of Mary. As a symbol, it stands for devotion, sorrow, and repentance. What? Yes. Okay. Uh, look, even Mary's probably like you people are way dramatic. Uh, hourglass. Hourglasses represent the passing of time and the end of a person's time on earth. A winged hourglass on a gravestone. Gravestone is a symbol of the fleetingness of life. Now, quick side note on that if you follow our page on Facebook, somebody <laughs> made a comment about how if you get cremated and put into an hourglass, you can join family game time all the time after you're dead. I kind of stand behind that.
1: I also just want to lurk on a mantle. Right. And be like, flip the hourglass, motherfucker. I right? dare you.
0: <laughs> I kind of dig it. I kind of dig yeah. it. Me too. Uh,
1: I'm i into it. Yes.
0: Lamb. A symbol of Christ. The Lamb of God. Agnes, Dei in Latin. Often marks the graves of children. Which, again, guts uh-uh. me. Guts me. Lambs and teddy bears on a gravestone will make me cry. I yeah, but, do not oh, care. Oh, please
1: don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not you, but
0: people. Memento Mori, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a phrase we've probably uttered like a thousand times on this podcast already. But if you haven't heard, it is a Latin phrase that means, remember, you must die. And it is a reminder for people who visited the gravestone to remember that they are also mortal. (laughs)
1: That's fun. It's that's fun, that's it's fun like, for the family.
0: Guess what, motherfucker? You're going to someday. Mm. Um, yeah. So a rooster. Uh which you might think, hey, maybe they just had a chicken coop. No. Nope. Uh when you see an older monument, the rooster represents vigilance, awakening, and resurrection. The reason, well. roosters, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> the reason roosters often adorn weather vanes is to signify how they keep an eye out for evil both day and night. Really? If, if I shown, had no idea. Right? If shown standing near a male figure, you're looking at St. Peter. The rooster in this case refers to this time Jesus told St. Peter that The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Well, Which, all I can think of, I will never, ever, ever be able to hear the word thrice at anything other than David Rose's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Combine that with a cock, and that's just a whole nother episode of Shits Creek rating to be written. I mean, it's kind of perfect. I'm just saying. Sith. Scythe? Scythe? Scythe. Scythe. Not an evil anti-Jedi. No. Sorry.
1: The the farm tool, right? Yep, yep, okay.
0: yep. Uh, on gravestones represents the Grim Reaper, the harvester of souls. They are sometimes depicted with <laughs> da, da, winged, da, da. <laughs> Right. They're sometimes depicted with winged hourglasses or wheat sheaves.
1: Oh wait, my hourglass can have wings. Yes.
0: Winged. Winged Hell hourglass. Yes. Skeletons. Carvings of skeletons on gravestones are a depiction of, guess what? Death in human form. <gasps> Reminding visitors of their own mortality. I, again, like, I think They're in this a graveyard.
1: You're right. <laughs>
0: they know. Yeah, yeah, you think. Oh, mm-hmm. Skull. The skull is, again, a reminder of our own mortality. A winged skull on a gravestone traditionally represents the fleetingness of life and the soul's onward journey to heaven.
1: Listen, if my skull sprouts wings
0: <laughs> I just So the <laughs> Skull with the wings on top of the hourglass.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing a whole sculpture form.
1: No, I'm into it. In my actual <laughs> skull though. Yes. Like of course. you gotta keep that out of the uh, out of the grinder.
0: I would completely I would commit a felony. Put that a in
1: uh, with some bugs, and I'm
0: thinking it's a misdemeanor. Either way, I, uh, would, it, I would interfering
1: no- with a corpse. I'm I don't know what that actually. Is.
0: We may as well Google it, because we're already on watch lists as it is. Well, can so. you
1: be science? <laughs> uh, I, I can donate be. my body to you if you are, are
0: science. I'm. You know what? I will change my name to science. Science! <laughs> uh, all right, I'm actually Googling it now. Um. <laughs> it has to be done. <laughs> Why you, you Google that, I'm still going to go through with skulls. We've got skulls and crossbones, mm-hmm. the earliest human forms to appear on American headstones, are actually the skull and crossbones on Puritan grave markers. These moans are meant as a reminder of the inevitability of death. Um, or, you know, poison. You know. Skull with crown of thorns. A skull with a crown of thorns represents the torment of the spirit. Which I find interesting because the crown of thorns was all jesus before. But apparently you add a skull to it and it's full of torment. Huh.
1: So you know. Uh, I think I have your answer. Yes. So, uh, interfering with a dead human body, which is also referred to as um, misconduct with corpses. Oh,
0: that could get dark.
1: And indecency with regard to corpus, cor- corpses, corpses. Um, uh, yeah, there, there are lots of. There are lots of uh, rungs on that particular ladder, I was but say. I am happy to tell you that the um, maximum sentence for that charge—two
0: mm-hmm. years. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I could. Do, I would do two years for you to have your, you know, your spell on a. Yep. Yeah. I could do that. Maybe Although I'm sure permission?
1: that that changes depending on where you are i don't know what'd you say
0: maybe if i get a letter of permission from you we've got time we'll figure it out
1: all right good <laughs> i want those wings
0: oh you will have bat, bat wings <laughs> yes yes perfect yeah not real bats though no 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 nope. no oh, no no stars that's next the mm-hmm. five-pointed star is a symbol of divine guidance and the four elements. For Christians, it symbolizes Christ's wounds. And for pagans and Wiccans, it represents protection. Yes.
1: That, that right there, uh, friends, is what a pentagram is. Yes. It is it's not, not. Right. Yeah.
0: It's not what the horror movies make it to be.
1: No, pentagrams are a good thing. They are. Yeah. Hells, you yeah. want those. Uh-huh. Those are a good idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> snake. Snakes and serpents are ancient symbols of everlasting life and are often depicted on gray stones to create a circle, another symbol of eternity. The snake, eating its own tail, as I mentioned up in the circle symbol, is sometimes called an Oroboro. Well, Yeah, there's like a real name for it. Sun. The sun is a symbol of life, a setting sun represents the end of life, and a rising sun indicates faith and resurrection.
1: There are so many song titles in this episode.
0: (laughs) I just can't handle
1: it. And now I've got House of the Rising Sun stuck in my head. I am dating myself.
0: Appropriately so, though. (laughs) All right, I'm done. Tree. A tree represents longevity. The tree of life is an important symbol of this in many cultures. Mm -hmm. Unless it's just a stump, in which case, again, broken things.
1: Hell. Blast.
0: Damn. Urn. The urn was a classical Greek symbol of mourning, therefore we needed to colonize it. Symbolizing bodies (laughs) as a vessel for the soul. Shattered urn signifies an old age. Urn with a flame on top. Stands for Eternal Remembrance of Religious Zeal. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't get how there's a flame on top of the urn. I think they got confused with the uh, flaming torch from before, but you know.
1: Or urn. what JFK's grave?
0: Mmm. Yep. Hmm. Uh, draped urn. If the cloth has fringe, it represents the veil between <laughs> life and death. If there's no fringe, then it represents the earthly garment. I don't, I don't know.
1: Burial shroud.
0: Yeah. Fringe, then it. Oh, wait. Yep, yep, yep. Earthly garment's being shed as deceased moves from this world to the. Wait, we're taking our clothes off. Yeah, we're stripping (laughs) down. (laughs) Getting naked for that reason to (laughs) seal. Apparently, yeah. All right. The journey. Journey either direction starts with nudity. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Earn with a wreath symbolizes mourning and eternal remembrance. Wheat, a sheaf of wheat or corn, is the cemetery symbol of the life of someone who lived to a ripe age. Not a farmer. No. And my personal favorite, Mm -hmm. which I was like, what? Zebra. (laughs) <laughs> wait <laughs> zebras are found on the headstones for convicts and more frequently those who devoted their lives to mediating conflicts generated by two, two opposing groups of players who have differing views of the rule of a game what the fuck I don't know but I had to include it because I was like what the fuck who is this <laughs> first of all <laughs> I get, okay, so I get convicts once upon a yeah. time, there was black and white stripes. Still, like, shit. That
1: is really specific.
0: It's really weird, too, like.
1: I, so it's if I disagree with you about the rules of a game, uh, the person who is settling that argument gets a zebra?
0: Yeah, they get a zebra, but okay, so if you settle the argument. Can, do you, like, collect these? I don't know, it's also the same thing as if you were a convict. Like, do you settle the argument by killing them? I have questions. I have questions about the zebra. Plus. I don't I know. Want... Put
1: the sword heart on there. It'll make everything
0: <laughs> right? better. But, but is the sword Cover it with a veil. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I kind of like the fact that a convict would get a zebra on it. Because zebras are kind of majestic as shit. So it's like, yeah, you you messed up. You had a hard life. But you get a zebra like I don't I have questions. I have questions on the zebra so I had to include it. Uh, I, mm. Right? Like I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I am that firefly emoji. Oh. Right. Or er, uh no, wait. GIF. Sorry. Yes. See? I'm losing words. I, I knew what you I meant, am girl. I definitely I yeah. uh male doing them. <laughs> <laughs> and it
0: must er, I called you like girl 3 times today. I don't even know why. Have you? I you? know why. I, I didn't notice. So. I have No idea. <laughs> Carry I have on. No idea whatsoever. But I also took a dive into the Jewish Genealogy Society of Long Island seven popular symbols. Cool. And uh, because Jewish Genealogy Society of Long Island, I mean
1: Long yeah, Island,
0: Long Island. Um. So I was once told Sorry it has to be to all one. All
1: ear. of our listeners with Long Island accents,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, so I found that if you're in a, um, if you if you stumble across a, so I, they have their own cemeteries, but sometimes they're not buried in those cemeteries. Um, yes. Anyway, if you see a symbol of a menorah, it typically indicates a female. Star of David uh, typically represents male. Mm-hmm. But my favorite, my favorite, is oh, the please. story of the birth of the Vulcan salute. I'm talking live-long-and-prosper The What? Yeah. The salute was devised by Leonard Nimoy, who did portray the beloved half-vulcan. Right. Where did it come from, and what does it have to do with G- Jewish genealogy and gravestone? Oh, no. Please tell me he was Jewish. Yes. Okay. Yes. In his 1975 autobiography, I Am Not Spock, Nimoy, <laughs> who was Jewish... Wrote that he based it incorrect. On pri- <laughs> wrote that he based it on the priestly blessing performed by Jewish Cohen, with both hands thumb to thumb in the same position, representing the Hebrew letter Shin, which has three upward strokes, similar to the position of the thumb and fingers in the gesture. Hmm. The letter Shin here stands for El Shaddai, meaning Almighty God, as well as Shalom. Mm -hmm. Nimoy wrote that when he was a child, his grandfather took him to an Orthodox synagogue where he saw the blessing performed and was super impressed by it. Now, when you see Spock hands uh, on a gravestone, that symbol actually indicates that the person buried there is a Kohen that is a descendant of Aaron, the brother of Moses. The positioning of the hands or the Kohen hands is used when the Kohenim bless the congregation in a synagogue, this symbol may actually only be used for a deceased male Cohen, And there you have it. From anchors wow. to the Vulcan salute.
1: I was not expecting that last one. Although right? I live in New York City, I feel like I should have run across
0: it. I, uh, I loved it, though. I loved it. Like, I was super excited about that. Because, That's interesting. Yeah. So, a little bit of history. Uh, a whole lot of what the fuck? Lots of lots of Catholic, um, and zebras. You know, I, I guess it was anchors yeah. to technically zebras. The Vulcan salute should have probably slipped in before that, but alphabetically speaking, but yeah, know, I, I, we got to end it with Spock, right? That's my thought. Like we had to go on an up note not a what the fuck note, so because <laughs> I'm still confused about that zebra. But yeah. <laughs> So now you know how to read gravestone emojis.
1: Well, I am delighted and confused. (laughs) I don't feel as though I am any better equipped to go into a cemetery since they all mean the thing and the opposite thing.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. But I'm into it. I, I think that at some point... Maybe when my mom comes to visit, hopefully sometime this summer, we will bring that book to Greenwood and decode some symbols.
0: That'd be fun. It'd be interesting. I know there's uh, there's groups groups called Tombstone Hunters. Uh huh. That just go through and find um, symbols and specific gravestones and ones that are undocumented you can actually upload there's websites you can upload cool grave sites to there's there's a lot that can be done um and of course i want to play and
1: i should not get started
0: right that's the thing like i'm like you could really hunker down and we are actually i forgot to mention that our new (laughs) we stand at the end of our driveway you can see one of the local tiny cemeteries in the middle of nowhere.
1: I'm so excited.
0: We are very excited. Uh, youngest already took a, a little saunter over there the other night uh, to walk through. So I will probably, maybe I'll do a project this summer where we cover like a gravestone a day or something like that or a gravestone every week where we, you know, do some research on it and um, clean if necessary. And it's That's just fun. exciting to me. I love tiny little, you know cemeteries in the middle of nowhere and to know that yes. i can see one for my
1: that is my favorite as well yeah.
0: so i forgot to mention that i can't believe it. it actually i did if you were a member of our patreon group and we're in our or in our facebook group i did take a picture of that particular cemetery oh that's and what it that was. okay yeah and it is in there i know i've been trying to take more pictures of the tiny little cemeteries around here because you know rural Wisconsin. there's there are just so many There are so many and they're so interesting and some of them aren't even you know they're considered family cemeteries, or they were just, mm-hmm. like, you know, few... They had to, like, rope off and then build around it and all kinds of stuff. But, so, yeah. So, that one is actually in the group. That's my story about that.
1: <laughs> all right. So, shall we take a saunter on over into the world of epitaphs? Yes, please. Okay. Hold on. I have to sit... With terrible posture, otherwise I can't possibly record.
0: <laughs> that perhaps have a fun part. I... of oh. headstone.
1: Yeah. Well, fun or awful, it depends. <laughs> um, that is true. All that right. That is true. So uh, there are approximately one million five hundred and thirty-seven. In New York alone, I would say. Okay. Uh, not really. That is an entirely made-up number. Oh, it um, sounded so It's the understand. number I always say. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I like it. I just do. Um,
0: it sounds legit. It's a good 537 number. Five hundred and
1: thirty-seven and a half is the number of times I've watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Yeah. Information <laughs> you needed to know. Um, anyway. Moving along, Um, so there are tons of people of note who are dead and tons of people who are not particularly of public note who have died and lots of people who have interesting epitaphs, which are the phrases usually um, inscribed on uh, headstones or... Gravestones broadly, because sometimes they are not headstones. But uh, I just picked a few of the ones that I came across that I found to be interesting. But I have, in the show notes, linked to many sources where you can find a truly staggering number of interesting epitaphs. So, um, I thought that I would, in picking them, also give a little context to each one because, I mean, if you don't know who the person is or you don't know their work necessarily, sometimes they just don't make sense. Kind of so, like
0: zebras in it. <laughs> oh,
1: Indeed. I I don't think I have any zebras, but maybe. We'll see. Um, So we're going to start off with a bit of a gut punch to any of us who have ever worn corsets and platform boots. Um, So Ian Curtis of the Band Joy Division, who died by suicide in 1980. Um His epitaph reads, "Love will tear us apart," which any goth kid worth their eyeliner will recognize from the band's song, "Love will tear us apart again." Mm-hmm. Um, his grave, like many, especially musicians, um, but some like heart throbs of screen. Uh, his grave has been vandalized more than once Um, Mm. first in 2008 when his engraved stone was stolen and once again in 2019 when an unengraved decorative stone that's just made for holding floral arrangements was stolen Uh, both have since been replaced
0: nobody knows who took them
1: no don't
0: don't fuck with the graves come on
1: no don't don't do it uh have we learned nothing from curses in egypt yes um but uh so he was born in 1956 and died in 1980 at just 23 years old Baby. yeah and he is buried in macclesfield cemetery in cheshire england And I would just like to note, for people who may be unfamiliar with the band, but not unfamiliar with the phrase Joy Division, um, that falling in line with a longer than expected number of contemporary bands, like the Sex Pistols and the Ramones, Joy Division's name Uh, makes reference to some pretty troubling Nazi imagery. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't particularly surprising, given the context uh, of, like, being shocking for shock's sake attitude of the whole genre at the time, but also it is worth noting that these kids are the generation whose parents would have fought world war ii and would have been survivors of the holocaust and so it's startling to go down that particular rabbit hole with modern eyes and especially in the current political climate um the band name came from a brothel um at auschwitz in a book and i see why you would choose that for blatant shock but if you are reading that and do not know the band i just wanted to acknowledge that that is troubling and it was pretty common in sort of the punk scene of that time and it makes me really uncomfortable. But Agreed. So, Ian Curtis. Next, significantly, uh, or on a significantly lighter note, Robert Frost. Um, so, most people know him as that guy who wrote The Road Not Taken, which, by the way, is not about what you think it is.
0: It's Go look that up. Really. Um, also it's uh i remember him from his poem stay gold <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the outsiders which i still have memorized
1: yeah well i have stopping by the woods on a snowy evening memorized so we could recite um we could. oh man there we go. Was, when we I... do
0: our bones and bobbins tour we will include our <laughs>
1: Who's with Caesar? I think I know. Uh, All right. So he is, or he was born in 1874 and died in 1963 at 88 years old. And he's buried in Old Bennington Cemetery in Bennington, Vermont. And his epitaph is, I think, my favorite one on this list. And it is... I Had a Lover's Quarrel with the World from his poem, The Lesson for Today, which I believe, I know that it was read at a graduation ceremony at Harvard for a um, fraternity specifically, but I'm not sure if that's what it was written for, but it is also in his poetry books. And the poem itself is really, really, really fucking long. And so I was going to read it, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. (laughs) From the poem that the epitaph comes from is, fittingly, I hold your doctrine of memento mori and were an epitaph to be my story. I would have written of me on my stone. I had a lover's quarrel with the world. And so so he did it. Yeah. (laughs) That is, in fact, what was written on his stone. And that that. happens sort of a lot, that someone will say something in passing, like even just as a joke, and that will end up on their stone. I like that.
0: That makes sense to me yeah more than you know if there's three strands of wheat braided in the left direction
1: (laughs) yeah and honestly the only i only know what i looked at all of them but i only remember what two of them looked like and for reasons that will become obvious but the next one is betty davis and yeah she is a siren of screen from the golden age of hollywood um if you don't know her well you might know the song um betty davis Mm eyes uh which was what 80s i don't know um but she was born in 1904 and died in 1980 at 81 years old and she is buried in one of the two cemeteries in la that you hear about when you hear about famous people um this one is forest lawn cemetery in la Mm -hmm. and her epitaph is she did it the hard way and so if you're having trouble placing her movies that she was in that you might know are whatever uh, smith smith (laughs) smith um
0: that was a good one
1: yeah it was (laughs) it was a knockout it swept the oscars Mm -hmm. um movies you might know are whatever happened to baby jane yes all about eve and A movie that scarred me for life that I am still (laughs) afraid of at this very moment. I think you know what's coming. Yes. The Watcher in the Woods. And I have been haunted by that movie, I think, for long enough. Well, since childhood, definitely. But I am still haunted enough that I think it's come up multiple times on this podcast already. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I
0: highly recommend that our listeners at least watch whatever happened to baby Jane yeah and if you want to deep dive anything after that, the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford oh is my goodness epic just epic truly
1: um, that is sort of related. To her epitaph, Um, according to a Hollywood legend, the director of All About Eve said she did it the hard way would someday make a fitting epitaph for her Um, because of both the uh, she played a lot of complicated women in her films and also she was a complicated woman and so i i think that's fitting so next
0: i agree there's actually um i want to say it's ryan murphy yep ryan murphy did a series in 2017 called feud and it's specifically about the feud between betty davis and joan crawford
1: oh interesting i
0: didn't know that yeah it's really good. Um, it, it was done really, really well, and uh, it, it's just it—it it makes me sad because patriarchy forced these yes. women to be at each other's throats the way that they had to be. Um, but I highly, highly recommend. I didn't mean to derail us, but it's a really good. Oh, derail uh, away! But it's and it's Ryan Murphy, so it's kind of fucked up because you know Ryan. Ryan, yeah. really, who, who hurt you, Ryan? But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there's an actual answer to that question. Right. And it probably isn't funny.
0: No. But,
1: uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it's very true. That was true of so many Hollywood stars of the day, especially women. Yeah. It, it was... It wasn't possible in that climate to support other women, and that sucks. Right?
0: Yeah. And he he handled the whole topic and everything really really well.
1: So, yeah. Well, I've added that to my will watch the thing list. Yes. <laughs> right. So, speaking of complicated women, next on my list is Dorothy Parker. I love Dorothy. Oh, so do I, Um, Uh, but she could be mean. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so her epitaph was, uh, there's a whole story behind her grave, which I will get into after this, but her epitaph has been, excuse my dust. (laughs) Um, she was bar- or She was born in 1893 and was buried in 1967. So she was born in the Victorian era and died in the 60s. Can you imagine? No, just not
0: the whiplash. Um, Shit, her wit, her wit, and the yes, just oh my god, yeah.
1: So she was 73 years old when she died, and she is now currently at what is ideally her final resting place at Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Um, but uh, here's a quote from the New York Times um, Jenny Gross wrote this on September 5th of 2020 because this is how recent all of this has still been going on. Quote, The relocation of Parker's ashes is the latest chapter in the circuitous journey of the writer's remains from a crematory in a New York suburb for six years to a filing cabinet on Wall Street for 15 years to a yard behind the NAACP headquarters in Baltimore Um, and then I'll just interject for a moment she famously willed her estate and royalties to Martin Luther King Jr. whom she had never met and when he was assassinated another part of her will kicked in and transferred the bequest to the NAACP so that's why she would have been buried um, in the courtyard of the NAACP Okay, and so um, at last, Parker will have a final resting place at Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Um, And the reason that she is no longer in the courtyard at the NAACP is because the NAACP moved their headquarters because the original building, the cost to fix the problems... Was more than the property was worth, and yes. so the courtyard simply fell into She's disrepair, and, and yeah, is is no longer the location that that, that I can would imagine be. Imagine
0: you Dorothy Parker in your filing cabinet?
1: She was in that filing cabinet for a while because her uh, her ashes were supposed to be given to a friend who did not claim them because of she died rather alone
0: yeah
1: Um, she also was notably an alcoholic and there are many reasons why the end of her life was not surrounded by friends and family but Dorothy Parker even if you don't think you know who she is, you know who she is. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read a few of my favorite quotes of hers oh. because her her brain is so interesting. I bet my favorite ones on there. <laughs> Probably, um, she was just goddamn brilliant and yes. and a complex woman and just oh she was sharp and ballsy and, and
0: unapologetic yeah she had i think she's the first like famous public woman of like a celebrity status to outright be like yes i had an abortion
1: i think that's correct um and she was also one of the founding members um of I believe the Algonquin Club which was a group of writers that met at the Algonquin Hotel in New York City Um, so here are just a handful of quotes and it does not do her justice you just you need to go read
0: some Dorothy Parker definitely I have like three different books of like compilations of her stuff yeah and if you're in New York take the tour Oh. There's a really great I tour. I haven't taken the
1: tour. Uh, yeah. Is it one of the Big Onion tours?
0: No. Nope. It's uh, it's a small tour. It's like the Dorothy Parker walking tour. I'll find a link for it. Um, cool.
1: Well, the Big Onion is is uh, grad students, like history grad students who do small tours. Oh, maybe it is. So I, it, will, it I will look into well it. Be. I will find it. Anyway, it does not matter. Uh, well, it it will matter when my mom comes to visit because we'll want to be going on that but all right so quotes that you almost certainly know that are attributed to about a million other people but Dorothy Parker actually said them yes uh number one is I hate writing I love having written and I think I actually said this oh no it was in the patreon episode of the very serious crafts podcast so um (laughs) about writing books and so that is who said that um men seldom make passes at girls who wear glasses and i designed uh and a pattern for my first book that was the anti-quote of that (laughs) um Beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes clean to the bone. Uh, This, I think, is my favorite grouping of quotes. Uh, It's a poem, I guess. Um, I like to have a martini, two at the most. After three, I'm under the table. At four, I'm under my host. (laughs)
0: yes that's a good one relatable yes (laughs) um what fresh hell is this yes i've used that so many times
1: yes um if you have any young friends who aspire to become writers the second greatest favor you can do to them or you can do them is to present them with copies of the elements of style the greatest, of course, is to shoot them now while they're happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm very fond of uh, this wasn't just plain terrible. This was fancy terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was terrible with raisins in it.
1: I hate raisins in anything. <laughs> um, yes, that... She, yeah, her mind was just so sharp even though she... Did everything she possibly could to dull it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, she's a, a brilliant mind and a complicated woman. And aren't we all complicated? Yeah. So, there we are. That is Dorothy Parker. Uh, so, shall we... Bounce over to England for a moment and visit the grave of Sir Winston Churchill, who was the British Prime Minister during World War II. He was born in 1874 and died in 1965 at 90 years old, although I do not know how the fuck he lived that long. Because that... He was not a bastion of health, let's no, just say. No, not at all. And he just, he simply did not exist without a cigar in his mouth. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so he is buried in St. Martin's Churchyard in Oxfordshire in England. And his epitaph <laughs> is, I am ready to meet my maker, whether my maker is prepared for the great ordeal of meeting me is another matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so Winston Churchill is one of those subjects that intersects with both writing and uh, the making of many different things in many different ways he's quite something um yeah. but uh, i thought i'd just share two fun facts about him because there's so much that i couldn't possibly do him he's justice
0: definitely a character just was a character
1: yeah, yeah. i mean the photos of him <laughs> like you can tell it's very clear all right so fun fact number one According to White House lore, Churchill encountered the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln while staying in the Lincoln bedroom when he was visiting the White House in 1940. He had just stepped out of a hot bath and was naked except for the cigar that he always had in his (laughs) mouth um, when he saw Lincoln by the fireplace. His response was apparently... Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. (laughs) Which is my favorite White House ghost story. Which, by the way, there are a lot. And I linked to um, an article specifically on White House ghost stories. Because it's... uh, In the article, the point was made that... They are probably the most substantiated and well-documented ghost stories that exist due to the sheer amount of surveillance. Oh, yeah. And security within the White House. And, like, so many, like, heads of state and visiting monarchs and what have you have, like, have been haunted In the White House, apparently Andrew Jackson swears. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and
0: given the, I guess, clout behind the people that would have witnessed them. um, Yeah. They would be. These aren't people taking more seriously.
1: Generally, make things up. Like, someone, who I now don't remember who is in the story, saw one of the ghosts and fainted. And this isn't a person for whom fainting was the norm (laughs) so like they are there's i wonder zach
0: is uh trying to get in there and (laughs) do a little little ghost work
1: i mean obviously he is but (laughs) dear god nobody let that man near the lincoln bedroom
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: (laughs) i can't i can't um all right. So, fun fact number two is the Churchill family motto, and this is where I'm gonna um, screw up a little bit of Latin. So it is "fiel pero desidachado," which means "faithful but unfortunate."
0: <laughs> that's a uh, that's a good family motto.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole family clearly were characters. Um, at some point, I should look for his, uh, see if there's a coat of arms for his family, because I bet it's funny. Um, oh, I'm
0: sure it is. There's got to be a scar in there. There's got to
1: be something. <laughs> um, uh, a beton sinister, which uh, uh, denotes an illegitimate child, just Ooh. in case you were wondering. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not allowed to delve any further into heraldry because I would become insufferable. <laughs> it's true. There okay. are many subjects that that is true about, but especially heraldry. All right. Do we you know it? So, last on my short list of interesting epitaphs is, yep. Another uh complicated burial? Um so Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Oh I've seen his grave.
1: Which one? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um that is true. so Edgar Allan Poe lived from eighteen oh nine to eighteen forty nine, dying at just forty years old. And he is buried in Westminster Church Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. And the epitaph on the stone on his original burial place, kind of, is fittingly, "Quoth the raven, nevermore. And it has a raven on it. And it is exactly what you would expect. Um, but finding poe's grave is a bit of an adventure he was originally buried in westminster church cemetery in an unmarked grave and then later it was marked with a sandstone marker that read for reasons that remain entirely unclear the number 80 huh. that is that not one. the number of the plot at all huh. so i i don't know um then
0: maybe, maybe it was maybe it had seven tombstones before that and they just wanted to let you know the next one would be the eighth <laughs>
1: so i mean even, but eighty-eight zero. oh yeah oh. i don't that know that's weird um so it it was not the uh the 80th burial plot so after the unmarked grave years um Later, oh, wait, no, I already did that. 80, 80 is the answer. Um, And then due to rumors that Poe's gravestone was unkempt and in disarray, one of Poe's cousins commissioned a more appropriate marble headstone, which was destroyed in a freak train accident before it was installed. And the grave remained unmarked. Um, Then, in 1875, a monument that had been designed by George Frederick, who had also designed Baltimore's City Hall, was erected in the poet's honor. There were a couple of problems. Um, The first being that it did not fit on the original gravesite, which you'd think they might have measured first.
0: Right, especially being an architect.
1: Right? Right. But whatever. Um, it also had, and I believe still has, his birthday incorrectly carved as January 20th rather than the correct January 19th. Um, and so his monument, which was too large for his actual grave, was placed in a more prominent location because he was Edgar Allan Poe, and at that point, that mattered. Um, And so Poe was disinterred and moved to rest beneath it. And you might think that that would be the end of things, but you'd be wrong. Um, So in 1913, a stone was laid to commemorate his original burial place, but it was put in the wrong spot. It was then immediately repositioned, but it probably still isn't in the right spot. Um this is the headstone that bears the raven and the famous epitaph. That's so That's I've seen. Yeah. Putting and they're in the same cemetery. Yes. Um so putting them like, I don't know why they can't just put the damn thing where the grave is. Right. Why Why are they so bad at that? And, like, the first one being destroyed in a train accident, nothing of that first one even exists anymore, except a drawing of what it was yeah. on paper. Um, I thought
0: there was more than one accident that involved, but probably not.
1: Uh, I think the... I know
0: the train, but I thought there was, like, a lightning thing, too. I, I just know that there were, like... There was, I... Th- think that
1: um, lightning is often substituted for the train. Okay.
0: I know that there's, because it's Poe, I know that there's yeah. myth, there's mythical stories that are But I did not, uh, I,
1: I mean, his, also the Poe house is in Baltimore as well, yeah. so there are a lot of uh, connected areas to Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe. I did not see anything about lightning, although I thought so too. But none yeah, of I the research bunch turned just, anything up. Yeah. But Word. also, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. So if yeah. you happen to know, tell me about it. Because I would love to know more about random fun or not so fun Edgar Allan Poe facts. ask my mom if
0: she's got... I know, there is a photo of me.
1: <laughs>
0: there is a photo of me. uh Being an olive, I think I was in fifth grade. Oh, so ten. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, thinking I was super cool because I was hanging out at post grade. Uh, there is a photo of me with it. I'll have to see if my mom has it. So that is can. deeply relatable. Yeah.
1: That, that is how we got to here. as it turns out uh yeah so that is the end of my smattering of epitaphs although there are also a few more in that will be included in our patreon episode that were just straight up weird um not necessarily of people who were known but just what what There's
0: some funny ones too. I remember uh, I came across one that was like, just he liked bacon and also his family. Like, but bacon (laughs) was in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there there are a lot of which uh, I enjoy. I enjoy the epitaph part because it seems much more. I guess connected to who that person was. Yeah, it's much more. You had
1: to think about it.
0: Right, and much more of a remembrance than or they you know, got a... to pick, right, which is also good. Rather than a flaming urn with draped fringe and
1: <laughs> oh my god, zebras. <sighs> that's fucking zebras. I'm
0: not gonna let the zebras go for a while because I'm just so perplexed. Have by you it.
1: ever seen a gravestone with a zebra on
0: it? I, I don't, don't think, think that I they have.
1: exist. I I think a... that that's bullshit. I think they made it up. <laughs>
0: probably probably uh, They're like some gullible chick is gonna be like oh yeah
1: on a podcast someday <laughs> <laughs> oh my Just goodness like
0: zebras
1: <laughs> uh yeah um i guess if uh listeners you know of any zebra graves that we ought to know about do do tell us um
0: specifically gravestones with zebras on not the very place of zebras
1: yes i I do not want any zebra crisps. yeah yeah not not at the zoo please uh (laughs) anyway i i do believe that that right there brings us to our weekly worst (laughs) worst way to to die
0: die. (laughs) yeah so what's your weekly worst way to die uh anything moving related Anything involving moving. Just crushed by a box, falling downstairs with boxes. Box cutter. Dolly involved. Furniture moving mistake. Or I got the sheer joy of backing our lovely little, you know, Subaru outback with a 12 trailer oh no 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 no, no. down our giant new driveway and I don't understand why the trailer doesn't do what the trailer's supposed to do if I'm backing up why it moves and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and I I'm sure you will not relate to this at all but I get very frustrated when I try something new and don't like immediately be perfect at it. Because <gasps> tell me you were a gifted child without telling me you were a gifted child. I, I <laughs>
1: like have I, never experienced that in my entire life. I don't know oh. what you're talking about. I am not in this tweet.
0: So <laughs> so yeah. So anything moving related. Twelve foot trailer accident. Any anything. Anything moving related kids. Okay. And I
1: yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um mine is scared to death by a white house ghost yep because i feel like that would be embarrassing and also then maybe you would join the menagerie (laughs) Yep.
0: oh and then yeah you would see things
1: oh the things you would see
0: (laughs) oh no 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 Mm, i mean the things
1: you would see but also the things you wouldn't know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear god. Um yeah, I as long as I'm not trapped in the Lincoln bedroom. That right. that would be fine.
0: I, I mean, I think Lincoln would be a decent person to hang out with here and there.
1: Oh, but, sure. I mean, we can oh, we can get together.
0: As long as Winston Churchill isn't standing there naked with a cigar.
1: I so i was thinking i was talking to my therapist about this today actually (laughs) um so i I had just finished up the churchill research when it was time to do therapy so i was thinking a lot about churchill's response Mm -hmm. to seeing the ghost and what the reasonable response would be, like, what would I do? And I, I am not the bar for reasonable response. So, <laughs> um, But I am fairly certain that if it was Abraham Lincoln, like, not doing anything scary, just being Abraham Lincoln, like, it's yeah. not like creepy abraham lincoln (laughs) it's just like abraham lincoln um i think i would just stand there i don't think i would be afraid i don't think i would scream i might just say hi (laughs) but i i don't think i would freak out i think i would just take it in
0: yeah it's definitely a huh versus an eek (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I mean,
1: I have experienced many an eek. Yeah. And I've experienced a good number of huh. Um like my kitchen ghost is a huh. Um but yeah, I I think that I would just maybe blink a little. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe compliment the crepe still on yes. the hat or I was the give same. my condolences yeah definitely you don't know i mean i know all about victorian mourning practices now <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. now we can appreciate the crepe.
1: <laughs> yes oh my goodness anyway so yeah imagine being my therapist and having to hear that story <laughs> about winston churchill <laughs> just out of nowhere yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was, um, the precursor to a story <laughs> about some very intense family drama that is yes. happening, uh, Ooh, I I, that. that, um, thankfully has not made the news, so I'm not going to mention it, um, because there is, Super there's a minor intense, involved, though. Yeah. um, but like holy shit true crime intense <laughs> right um so yeah my Super. poor therapist
0: on that note do you want to be <laughs> spooky internet friends <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've ruined it <laughs> no you haven't oh. that just makes you what to your friends even more
1: <laughs> oh good thing we already are <laughs>
0: You can find us at Bones and Bobbins on Instagram, Facebook, Twitters, Pinterest. You can also just saunter on over to bonesandbobbins.com. Yes. Drop us an email.
1: DM us for saying something stupid. Yes. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Let us know if you know of any graves and zebras on.
1: Definitely Tell need them. to know about zebra graves. Bonus points if there is a photo. Yes. I mean, I yes, we could google it. But we so haven't so thus far. Have. So, oh yeah. yeah, we definitely want to know about your cats.
0: Yes.
1: Um anyway. <laughs> uh also <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review this podcast, although maybe not based on the past five minutes. Um, It pleases the internet gremlins, and that's how we show up in recommendations so that other morbid souls like you can find us. Bring forth the morbid
0: souls. We want them all. We do.
1: You can be in our zebra tomb. Yes. Oh, my gosh, we should add a Patreon level.
0: <laughs> Teen Zebra. Zebra to the Convicts and Game Mediator. Oh,
1: uh, Can that be our uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, related? Yes. Something?
0: I don't. I, we'll I am embarrassed
1: out. to say that I have not ever played Dungeons and Dragons.
0: That's okay. I'm going to make you play. Uh, oh, I
1: want to. It's Night
0: Witches will run that.
1: Okay, that's fine. Well, I mean, I used to play <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade, so oh, it is not classic. as though I do not yeah. classic and problematic and classic. Yeah. Um. So All it is that. not <laughs> as though I have not dipped my toe in those particular waters. Just that I, I just I don't have that geek cred, and it's really surprising to have made it to thirty-eight years old living inside my brain and mm-hmm. having not had I I just don't understand
0: we'll get you the cred we'll
1: work on it. okay I
0: <laughs> and on that note let us leave you <laughs> with some advice that you should never forget uh-huh. lock your doors
1: and don't run with scissors
0: also don't fuck with grave or the fake each episode of the bones and bobbins podcast is written and researched by Haley pearson cox and natalie Hoyce. our music was composed by loyalty freak music you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at bones and bobbins subscribe now on apple podcasts follow us on spotify or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content